0: How's everyone doing? Good. It got quieter in here with all the smaller people leaving. That was so fun, wasn't it? Made my kids, Pastor Heart, really happy to have the kids here. So good. Well, welcome to the meeting house, as everyone has already said. I feel like I've already talked to you, but now I'm here in a teachy kind of position. Um, As Houston said, we're in week three of our three-week local teaching series called God Only Knows. Um, If you haven't been here the last couple of weeks, uh, two weeks ago, we talked about God only knows who you are and talked about how each of us are unique, how we're all filled with a spirit, and how we um, are deeply loved by our creator. And then last week, we talked about God only knows why we are. And that is call to something only you can do in the context of community, i.e. our church family, i.e. the body of Christ. Um, something really fun I learned to do yesterday is uh, make a podcast. It was way easier than I thought it was. So all of that to say that if you have missed the last uh, two weeks and you want to hear me talk about those things um, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Google soon but not yet, Uh, You can search for TMH East Toronto and boom, we have a podcast, which is like super fun and a little intimidating. Um, Now my grandmother can listen to me preach again, so hi Nan, because I know she's listening. (laughs) Uh, Good times. All right, so today as we wrap up this local teaching series, we're going to talk about God only knows where we're going. And that is so true, especially in the last year and a bit that we've been in. Um, So today's key passages, if you have a Bible or an app with you and you want to look them up, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and also Ephesians chapter 4. So that's where we're headed today. Last week, I shared a pretty bold claim with you. I said that God put each of us in this church in this year now for a specific reason to accomplish his purposes. No one in this room is here by accident. No one listening online is a part of this church community by accident. So the question today is, what is God's mission? What is his purpose for our church? Where are we going? What's the adventure that our church family is on? There's an interesting book I read in 2020 at the request of Daryl Winger (laughs) called uh, Canoeing the Mountains by Todd Bolzinger. Now, what's amazing is this book spoke so well into the COVID pandemic, but it was not written recently. It was written in like 2018. And it's talking about the complexities of leadership, how sometimes you think you know where you're going and then you just don't. Um, And it tells the story of explorers back in the day looking for a shortcut Uh, to the Pacific Ocean, looking for like a waterway that cuts through North America. And so they were going, they were going, and instead of finding a waterway, they were faced with the Rocky Mountains, (laughs) and they had canoes and paddles and stuff. And so then life got weird, and they had to really start figuring out how to tackle this thing that was new and big and unexpected, and they were not trained for And it has felt a lot like that for those of us in church leadership, and I'm sure us in our families and in other uh, places. It's just been a weird time to figure out what's next. It's really hard to know the exact details of where we might be going in this season. However, no matter where that is, there are a few things that I know will be true because we are followers of Jesus. Jesus. So no matter where we're going, the first thing that I know is going to be true is that we will be guided by love. So the last couple of weeks, we've been talking through 1 Corinthians 12, and I kind of mentioned last week, it ends a little bit funny, um, because after Paul talks about some of the spiritual gifts that are essential to the body of Christ, he Paul kind of ends the chapter to, uh, to say to desire the greater gifts, and especially the most excellent gift. And you're like, well, you just talked about them all, and we said that no one's better than anyone else, so what do you mean? Uh, We find out what that most excellent gift is in chapter 13. So verses 1 to 3 say this, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Now this chapter, this passage is often used at weddings. Anyone here hear this at a wedding before? It's like a really popular, yeah, wedding passage. Um, But actually this passage is stuck right in the middle on Paul's big old section about spiritual gifts and the church. So yeah, spiritual gifts are a big deal. They're kind of awesome. Um, but the most important thing above any of that stuff that we've already talked about is that each of us are guided by love. So what does this kind of love look like? I mean, we can love lots of things, right? I, I love cookies. I love going to Disney World. I, I love, I don't know, all kinds of stuff. And I don't know how much, like, Greek love research you've done, but there's actually three kinds of love that can be talked about. The first one is eros, which is, like, romantic love. So you probably, like, love your spouse, hopefully, or, you know, maybe you got your eye on someone and you think you love them. Philia uh, love is more like the friendship love. So, like, we love our, our friends in that sort of way. And then there is agape love, which is the sacrificial Jesus kind of love, the kind of love that we just... Uh, spent a moment reflecting on when we were doing communion together. So in 1 Corinthians 13, the next few verses talks a little bit about what love is or what this agape love could look like. And we're going to do a little bit of an interactive group project here in a second, so pay attention. Uh, but we're going to first read uh, verses four to seven to see what Paul says this kind of love really looks like. Love is patient. At the end of the day, the most important thing we will ever do as a church and as individuals is to show love to others. The same kind of love that God freely gives us that we talked about in the first week of this series. So I want to ask you, and I I want you to answer me. I know that you don't have a mic, but you can talk loud. Uh, I want to think about for a minute how as a church community, as The Meeting House in East Toronto, can we live out this kind of love together? And so I think they're all going to come up in, uh, in little bullet points here for me if my slides worked right. Can you give me the first one there? Yeah. So love is patient and kind. So question, in the Meeting House East Toronto, how can we show patience and kindness to other people? Anyone have an idea? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, making space for people who are different than us. That's definitely a way we can do that. Any other ideas? Yep. Yeah, reaching out to our community, getting to know our neighbors. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. That's like really all the things I was going to say. I think also remembering how patient God has been with us (laughs) helps us to then be able to turn it around and show it as well. All right, what's the next one we got there? Does not envy or boast is not proud. Uh, When I was thinking about this one, I again came to that quote from Danielle Strickland that humility is agreeing with God about who we are. Um, So how can we as a church show this kind of love to people that we don't envy or boast or we're not proud? How could that happen in the Meeting House East Toronto? Making you guys work today. I can grab this one. I have, I have ideas. I just am curious what your guys' ideas are. I think with this one, it's a bit of a dichotomy from week one, right? When we talked about loving your neighbor as yourself, it's about loving yourself not too much or too little, right? So we don't talk about how great we are versus somebody else. We see a little bit of that with some of the religious leaders in the New Testament, not always looked upon fondly by Jesus. And so just remembering who we are and the grace that we've been given so that we can show that same grace to others. Alright, the next thing love can do does not dishonor others is not self seeking. How do we love like that in the meeting house of East Toronto? yeah, uh, with the you, like, come on board with yeah, that's awesome for people on uh listening online uh Julia said that. We can do this by not making our own compassion stuff and being like, look how great we are. Woo, we're doing the things. But instead, seeing how God is at work in the community, partnering with our local compassion partners, and just joining alongside of people already doing awesome stuff. That's a really good one. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so um, making sure relationships aren't one-sided, that we're taking and giving in context together. That's another huge one. Yeah, because self-seeking would be take, 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 and then, oh, I'm too tired, I'm going away. Um, absolutely. You guys are saying all the ones that I had here this is great. All right, next one. Is not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs. That's uh, one that's not always that easy. How can we do that as a church or even as individuals? This one gets a little uncomfortable sometimes, doesn't it? I was thinking about for this one how, we, how it is interesting sometimes to balance grace with other people and, and also growth in ourselves, forgiveness and repentance. Um, you know, Peter asked Jesus how many times do we forgive. Is it 70 times, which was a big number for them, and he said 70 times 7, um, which is a lot. But again, when we flip it around and think about the, the kind of love that Jesus showed us, I don't want to know what my number is of forgiveness, but it might be, I think it's a lot more than 70. It might even be a lot more than 70 times seven. All right, the next one does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. What about this one? How do we do this in our church? That's so good, yeah. So what was said is in the context of some of the times when the church has gotten things really wrong and it might be uncomfortable to have those conversations with some of our indigenous neighbors and, and other such communities that we're okay to sit in that uncomfortableness um, because it's the truth, and we're learning to be able to, yeah, acknowledge that and be in that. Gossip. gossip, huge. Yep, we don't talk about that one enough, do we? There's some sins that the church loves to focus on, but uh, we kind of don't talk about that one enough, I think. Um, the other day, I was reading the parable of the lost son, and I think this one is so obvious in there because when the lost son comes home and everyone's like, woo, party! The other son's like, wait a minute. I've been good this whole time. How dare we, you know? So he was sort of thinking, well, they got what he got what he deserved, so he doesn't deserve to have this, like, party, but that's not showing the agape love that is self-sacrificing to others. Um, so I, I definitely thought about that the other day as well. All right, last one, guys, and then I promise you can go back to, like, not having to talk back at me. Uh, always protects, trusts, hopes, and perseveres. How do we do that in the Meeting House East Toronto? Yeah. Above, yep, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so said how we can really show this on how we love one another and yeah we show love to those outside of our community also obviously but they will know we are christians by our love to one another and so how do we even live this out in terms of home church in terms of the relationships that we have with one another I think too, like life can get hard. Oh yes, I see another hand. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. So what was said is that uh, this can help us to look forward with hope to what's ahead rather than seeing it as a moving away from something negative. Um, I think especially coming out of this pandemic, right, it can be, um, yeah, maybe frustrating if like we see the group gradually growing, oh, but we need more volunteers, or oh, but this and that, and we miss XYZ. But the fact that We're all here, that God is doing something that we had, I don't know how many kids up here a few minutes ago, like, singing worship and talking about real honest, like, what COVID has been like for them. Like, that's amazing. Like, so many churches would have loved to have had that happen uh, this morning, and God is really at work, and there's something really coming, and so if we just trust in him, yeah, we can see that hopeful future and move forward. Hand? Hand? (laughs) <laughs> we are very good at perseverance in this parish. I would agree with that. Yeah, sometimes God, you know, you think about the story of Job, and he's like, I'm really going to teach you one of these, and maybe maybe some of us feel that way. Yeah, back here through the lights. I think we should, uh, all those through prayer. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All of these can be accomplished through prayer. And again, this list is like, sometimes we look at this, and we're like, oh, dang, like, this isn't possible. Uh but it's not by ourselves. Remember, but we all have Holy Spirit inside of us running around. So that's great. Um, and so, with uh, God as our guide, as the Holy Spirit as our guide, then some of these things can become possible as we live uh, in lockstep with the Holy Spirit and what He's doing in our lives. I want to um, share a passage. It's pretty, pretty well known in Matthew 22. And of course, our, our good old—not to pick on the religious leaders, but like I'm reading through the Gospels right now, and like it's just. Anyway, there's just a lot going on there. Um, Matthew 22, verses 34 to 40. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So to be honest, I can't really answer the question, where are we going, with any direct specific plan, because I don't know. We're in a pandemic, and we're still trying to come out of it, and so we're not super sure, but someone knows, God knows exactly where we're going, and Jesus is pretty clear in this passage what the best way to follow him is, love God and love others. So as long as we do that together, I figure we're going to figure out the rest as we go along. When we agree with God on who we are, and we own our place in the body of Christ, God will lead us forward into his plan for us. So the second thing I know to be true about the future is that we are going together. So hopefully over the last couple of weeks, I've been yammering on long enough about the body of Christ and how we're all a part of it. There really is no such thing as solo faith, is there? Because to be a church, to be the church, a church isn't a building, it isn't a place, it isn't a time of the week. It's a community of people. We have one another as we move into the future. And that's a good thing, because as we talked about last week, we really do need one another. And those of us that were in Discover Your Design Monday, super fun, we have our next one tomorrow, we learned that there were people in the room that didn't have certain abilities or gifts or interests even, But others did, and we're like, oh, great. So when we're together, this is actually going to work out fine. It really has been um, fun for us to discover in that space how much we do need one another. I want to share with you one of my favorite passages of Scripture, because it's local teaching and I get to do that. Um, So this is in Ephesians chapter 4, and it's verse 7 and then 11 to 13. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now this passage could have a whole sermon or potential series all unto itself, but we don't have time for that today. This passage outlines the roles of people in the church, how spiritual gifts come together in community, and actually, if you caught it, it has my job description right in there, right in Ephesians 4. So why is the pastor, why am I, why is our leadership team, our coordinators and our elders here? According to this passage, it's not to do all of the stuff. Our job as leaders is to shepherd the people, to shepherd the body of Christ. We are here to equip you, the body, to do what God has given us to do. This whole concept is my number one passion in life, and what God has gifted me for is to be in the ministry of equipping the body of Christ to do what God is calling us to do. Because I can't do church by myself. And that wasn't any more apparent than it was this morning. We had some snow, and we had some keys gone missing, and it was like nine-something, and the truck was like just getting here, and I'm like, oh, dang, I can be here and be ready to preach a sermon, and our worship team can be ready to go, but if we're not all here working together, like it's just not going to happen. I can't do church by myself, ne- neither can our elders or our coordinators, as much as they might want to try. They can't do it by themselves. And actually, we aren't meant to. And actually, I don't even have a job if all of you guys are here, right? I'm not <laughs> I can't be a pastor without people in a church. So to move ahead where God is calling us, it takes all of us, all of us using our gifts and talents and abilities together as we love God and love others in our neighborhoods. It takes us being families, serving out of agape love to follow Jesus together. And just as a reminder, one of the verses I mentioned in Ephesians 2 last week that was left out of my baptism preparation, but I have since talked about it with anyone who I have baptized, Ephesians 2, 8-10 says that, By grace you have been saved, through faith, to do good works. As we look into the new year and hopefully out of COVID or into new something, uh, whatever is coming in 2022, I am so excited to walk into that future with all of you guys, with my church family. I'm so excited to imagine what God has planned for us in the months and years that are ahead. So one more thing I want to say this morning about where we are going is that ultimately we're going to eternity. So back to 1 Corinthians 13, I want to read verses 8 to 10. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. This passage links right back to chapter 12 on spiritual gifts. Who we are in Christ is awesome and it's wonderful and we're all so unique and we are all integral parts in the body of Christ. But eventually our earthly selves are going to pass away. But the one thing that won't pass away is love. Even after this world and into the next one, love never fails. You know, especially over this COVID pandemic, I loved how the kids were so honest and open about sharing what it was like for them and what they were thinking and feeling. I definitely had some feels as well during the pandemic, as I'm sure we all had. For me, I came face to face with what I truly believe deep down about what was most important in my life, my beliefs about mortality, and what I hold most dear. I'm sorry to say I wasn't rooted in faith of the unseen when COVID hit the fan in March of 2020. I was a bit of a mess. My hopes and certainties were based on the things of this world, my physical health, my finances, my plans for the future. And these things are fine, but I realized that my deepest hope wasn't where it should be, where it needed to be. When we keep our eyes on eternity, it puts today into perspective. During COVID, I had to learn where my eyes were on eternity or in the here and now. And when I could put them on eternity, it put the ups and downs of today into perspective. Because no matter what, we are God's beloved kids. And no matter what, eternity for God's kids is with Him in heaven. And as a church, we get to play a part in inviting others into that new life in Christ, we get to bring others along with us as we use our gifts in the ways that God designed. It's all part of God's big plan to share the gospel with others in Toronto. That's pretty exciting, right? Yes? Yes, it is pretty exciting. I think it's pretty exciting. So in conclusion, I'll, start, or I'll stop where I started. Where are we going? God only knows. <laughs> because I don't know where we're going. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13 says, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Now I say I have no idea where we're going. I mean, there's lots of ways that God could choose to move in our midst in the years that are ahead of us. We could surmise and guess how God maybe wants to see more children decide to follow Jesus before they turn 18, because that's a critical stage of life. We could see God um, develop more leaders for pastoral ministry. We could see more people experience Jesus in the corporate worship spaces that we create. We could see people understand more fully how to follow Jesus. We could see more people blessed by Jesus' love shown to them through others. We could see more generosity to outstretch love to others in our community and beyond. We could see more spiritually curious people click into the spirit and the reality of the love of Jesus in their lives. I'm sure that any or maybe all of those things that I just listed off could be in our future. It's a future that we enter together as each part of the body does its job to accomplish God's purposes, whatever they may be. So where are we going? Wherever it is, we will be guided by love. We will be going together, and we'll be heading to eternity. John 13, verse 35 says this, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. So no matter what the future holds, Let's ooze the love of Jesus in everything we do as a church family. Let's take a moment to pray together. God, thank you so much for the way that you've been here with us this morning. God, thank you so much for the kids and how they were able to just share honestly how they've seen you at work through this pandemic. And God, thank you that um, there's just so many beautiful people that are a part of this church family. God, that you have knit together, that you have wired God, that you have a purpose for. And thank you that you brought the people that are a part of this church to this church at this time for such a time as this. And God, we know that you have plans for this church in the city of Toronto. We wouldn't be here if you didn't have a plan. And so God, whatever that plan is, I pray that we would be able to enter it together confidently knowing that you lead the way. God, I pray that as we go about our lives and the daily things come up and you know, all the stuff that can distract us, I pray that we would remain focused on you and we would remain focused on agape love, that we would learn more and more every day what it means to love you and to love our neighbors as ourselves. God, I pray that no matter what our future holds, that we would be known as a loving presence in the city of Toronto. God, I pray that you would teach us what that means in our relationships with others, in our home churches, in our serving opportunities when we go to work and when we go to school. God, I just pray that you would help us to be little lights of love walking around uh, as we go about our lives each day. God, I thank you for this church. I am so blessed to be a part of this community, and I just pray that you would walk with us and lead us in the future that is ahead. God, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.